I feel like our word for this uh, this year for, as a church is 20, is <laughs> not 2020, it's overflow. I believe that's our word. And for me, that's such a churchy word. But I begin to realize God likes churchy words, right? He likes biblical words. But it feels like a churchy word. I was like, overflow, right? It was like, remember in 2004, we were believing for God for more in 2004, right? Like, you're like, what? It rhymed. I don't know if that's from the Lord. But I really feel like overflow. Now, the reason why I feel that way is because here's my testimony. I grew up in church. I grew up knowing how to raise my hands, knowing what to say. I grew up in church. And so one of the many things that we love to do at Avenue, we love to, to go after those that are, that are in the dark. We love to go after those that are near to us but far from God. We love to have growth track and small groups. We want people to know God. We want people to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. But it's not just for those that are lost. I have a powerful testimony of let's get church people saved. Can I get an Amen. What does that mean, Pastor Jeremy? I want you to know religion. I want you to know relationship. I want you to know who Jesus is. But if you're a first time, and this may be your first time, you've never been to church before, I'm going to help you out. All right? There's a Christianese, what we call a Christian language. How I many of you have heard that before? There's Christianese. And so some of the things you might hear in church, and so if you want to blend in, we don't say that a lot here, but if you were to go to church, it says, uh, I hear some Christianese that I once spoke. And so many uh, in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. So maybe you help me fill in the blanks. I'm going to say this. Ready? Here's the first one. Uh, we just need to let go and... There's the Christians. There you are, right? There you are. You got Christian memes too, huh? How about this one? I am so blessed and somebody kind of, that was a little uh, highly favored. Yes. Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly, that's my favorite one, right? When you get in the car and you spill coffee on yourself and you're just mad at your spouse. I know that's not me, okay? And you're mad at your children and, and you're driving to church and you're yelling at people and you're like, you better be quiet. And they're like, better not embarrass me in front of my church friends. And you get out of the car and they're like, how are you? And you're like, blessed and highly favored, right? So blessed. How about another one? God is good. Oh, my goodness, all the time. Ah, oh, there they are. I, I, you need to go grow track, all right? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna set you free in Jesus' name. I love this. How about this one? This is kind of what, this is Christian cussing, all right? You ready for this one? Christian cussing. If you see something, you hear something about somebody, and you're really disappointed in them, and they're like, did you hear what that boy did? And here's what, here's what Christians say. It's not a good thing, but it sounds like a good thing because we're Christian, all right? And so this is what we say. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> Have you heard that before, right? Like the boy left his family, dumped her, bless his heart. I feel like bless his heart is also translated as an emoji. And this is just my personal opinion. Anytime you're like, you know, someone's like, Pastor, can you pray for me? I'm praying for you. I got you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call down heaven and earth and pray for you. And then they're like, thumbs up emoji. I think that's the bless your heart emoji, right? I think that's the, for me, that's the cuss word right there. You're like, mm, yeah. You're like, can you come help decorate the church? Nah, right? And you don't show up. That's bless his heart. That's just my opinion. That's just me. How about this one? God can't give you more than you can handle. How many of you are alive in a bit of hell? Come on, somebody. How many know God gives you so much that you cannot handle it so we can realize that we can't handle it, that we need God to handle it, so we need him to be our provider. We need him to be our source. Can I get a shout today? Yeah. We're speaking Christianese. Like, we're done. I just give up an offering and go. <laughs> Mahama, I, I, I grew up in North Dakota. And uh, 18, I went to seminary, and I worked for an evangelist. And we, I moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville. And you don't say it. When I first got there, I was like, Fayetteville. And they're like, no, 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 it's Fayetteville. So Fayetteville, 
Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I went to uh, the Evangelist Church, and so we went there and called it our church home. And let me just say, I didn't come from a multicultural church, and I went to North Carolina, and it was a multicultural church. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, all right? It was a multicultural church. I was like, this is what heaven looks like, all right? I came from a quiet German church, all right? German Norwegians, it was like, shh, don't talk. And so now I came to this multicultural church. I began to learn what a praise break was. Anyone heard what a praise break was? Anyone? Anyone? Have you heard this? Or we call it shout, all right? The shout as well. And uh, see, uh, contain yourself, all right? And, man, this church set me on fire. I much watched the guy. He was jumping on the side. And I was like, woo, and the song started. And all of a sudden the bridge hit. And he just went, I mean, he he was way up high. I was like, holy smokes. Like, I wish I could do that. I mean, his knees were tucked in, both knees, just jumping up high. Holy cow. And all of a sudden, it was just like instrumental part. He took off. I was like, whoa. Like, we can do that in church. It was my first inclination of what they call a Jericho March. Jericho March, right? I was like, what are we doing, you know? I thought Jericho March is a bad thing. We want the building to stay up. What's happening? Look at that, they already know. Tell me know what a praise break is, right? So here's what a praise break is. You, you, can, you can get involved if you want to. But here's what we do, ready? We go, don't judge my breakthrough. I'll tell you know what I've been through, right? Right, right, hey! Okay, how about this one? How about this one? Ready? Say, wait, wait, wait. Our kids go back to school tomorrow. One more, one more, one more. I got one more. I got one more. Ready? The Patriots lost last night. Okay, I'm very white. All right, thank you, worship team. Give it up for our worship team. (laughs) But the reason why I bring all that up, and hear me out, hear me out. I love praise break. I love giving God a shout of praise. I love all the different sayings that I said today. But so many times, if we just say it, it becomes a cliche. It just becomes words without power. And so I really believe for our word for this year, it's, it's overflow. I believe that God wants us to overflow in every single area in our life. Here's the definition of overflow. Overflow means to spread over, means to cover with water. It means to flow over the brim of a receptacle. It means to be so full that the contents go over and extend over and beyond. That means more than enough. I like number four because I'm a pastor and we're believing for more. To be so crowded that people cannot fit inside. Come on, somebody. I want us to experience overflow, overflow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally in our life. Overflow is found all throughout God's word. In Psalms 23, verse 5, I love this. David's writing this, and he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what that means? That's going to be in our video devotional this week. You know what that means? It means that the battle's already been won, and God's prepared a feast before your enemies. And so we're sitting down and we're saying, I ain't fighting you because I already beat you. And so now I'm having a feast or a buffet because God anointed my head with oil, my cup, my life 
overflows. Psalm 119, verse 171. That's wrong. I'm just going to read a chapter today. It's 170 chapters in this. And it says this, my, my lips overflow with praise. For you teach me your ways, your decrees, your word. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 10. It says this. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. It's not just prosperity or finances. It's all the above. To say, God, that new wine is, you know what, joy, anointing. I, you know what, I want new wineskins for 2020. What does that mean? A new start, a new season in my life. I need overflow in my life. Then your barns will be filled to the overflow. And when I hear about overflow, this is what I begin to think about and as, as I talk about overflow today. I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to pull this over and uh, see I'm already making a mess. Come on, somebody. But here's what I begin to picture is overflow. And the Bible says my cup overflows. That cup is your life. And for some of us, we feel this way. We feel empty. We feel empty. And in our emptiness, we begin to feel less, uh, not, not much hope in our life. When we feel empty, we say, you know what, I just don't know if I have purpose in my life. I don't know if God has a plan for my life. I'm empty. I believe there's just too many of us, we're walking around on empty. It's like we're getting in the gas tank and we're just taking off and saying, I don't have time to put gas in the engine. i got to go where I need to go. But if we don't stop and take time, we're going to run out of gas. We're going to run out of gas. And so I believe with all my heart, this is a great picture that many of us need to see here today is a picture of what overflow means. Because maybe you're here today and you walked in our doors, maybe someone invited you. Uh, maybe somebody, uh, somebody told me this morning, first service, they drove by and saw our sign, said, I need to go. She went to growth track, step one today. I'm so proud of what God is doing. But maybe we walk in and we're completely empty. But we walk through our doors and when you parked, literally when you parked your car, you went to our parking lot, you said, something's different. Something's different about this place. When you walked into our lobby, you said, wow, I feel different. You know what that is? It's not us. It's the presence of God. It's God living inside of us, every single one of us. We go to the worship experience. We hear some songs of praise. Maybe we lift our hands for the first time. Or maybe we say, man, that wasn't just a concert. That was something that was supernatural. Maybe we hear a great, oh, come on, mm, life-giving message. Oh, I mean, man, better than those on YouTube. Come on, somebody. I mean, mm, come on, this is my Bible. Come on, somebody. Maybe we hear a great message and a great word, and we leave, and we say, you know what? I feel good. Man, something's different. I'm ready for 2020 to be the different year for my life. But here's what happens, unfortunately. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. You know what conform means? Acting like, mimicking, or becoming. And sometimes when we get conformed to the world, this is what work might look like. This is what maybe a Sunday afternoon, when you walk out of these doors, all of hell is going to go, no! They discovered their purpose. No! We can discover who Jesus is. And sometimes what happens is, we allow life to begin to suck up our joy. Can I just say... Sometimes life is like this sponge. Sometimes life just sucks. I mean soaks, soaks. Because sometimes that's what begins to take place. We say, you know what, I am so full and I'm ready. But that is why it's so powerful for us to have small groups. 
I'm excited that we're launching small group season when we have our birthday. This is why it's so important to be in our word every single day. Because the more we try, the more the world just takes it out of us. The more we say, God, I need to get full again. But can I be real as well? There's some people in this room, life's not sucking you out. You just have a leak in your Christianity. Right? You say, man, like, like God is amazing, he's awesome, but uh, it's just this or just that. I mean, there's some people in this room, I'd be like, you won the lottery. Yeah, but I got to pay taxes on that lottery. Like, calm down. I believe with all my heart that if, there, if, if you don't have any joy in your life and you're, you call yourself a Christian, then there's, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. Somewhere. But no matter what stage you're at, I want to paint a picture of that. You know what? In order to have overflow, I must first become full. I must become full. Because it is when I'm full is when I begin to experience the overflow. It's when I'm full is when I begin to experience the overflow. There's so many different scriptures I've seen. And, and that today I want to jump into Romans chapter 15, verse 13. So if you've got your Bibles with you, open up your Bibles. And uh, even for a service, uh, if we had a powerful church service. We had a powerful time. But I want you to make sure you're taking notes. I want you to make sure you got your YouVersion app on, Bible app, all the things that we need. And we're going to go with Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I love this portion of scripture for today. It says, may the God of hope fill us. I mean, I could stop right there, couldn't I? Man, may the God of hope fill you. Fill me with what? With all joy, with all peace as we trust in him. Here's the, th- here's the, state, here's the key thing that it says there. We've got to trust God. We've got to be able to trust him to fill us. We can be literally be like, if we don't trust God, we can go, no, I'm closed. Not for sale. I'm not going to open my heart. But it says as we begin to trust him so that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, in order to overflow, we need to remove the wrong things so we can put in the right things. We need to remove the wrong things so we can get full on the right things. Remove the wrong so we can put in the right and so I want us to picture this cup over here, and here it is. And you know what? I want to get full on God, and I want to make, make sure that God is filling me every single day. But what is currently inside of me? What do I need to remove? Because I really picture this. This is such a picture of the gospel. We come to God with our brokenness, and God says, I'm going to know you. I want you to find freedom so you can discover your purpose, so you can become filled to overflow. So what do we need to remove in our life so God get put back in? Here's the first thing I wrote down. If you're taking notes, I believe many of us, we just say, I'm just angry. I'm just, I'm just angry. I just, suddenly today, I'm mad. Suddenly today, I am upset. And you know, with all my heart, the Bible says, sir, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. And sure, and I believe in the spiritual realm, angels and demons are fighting each other. But what's it look like for us? You know what it looks like for us? I'm mad at my spouse. That's spiritual warfare. I'm just grumpy today. I believe that's spiritual warfare. I'm reading my word. I'm praying. I'm doing everything right. But I'm just ticked off. And say, God, remove that anger out of my life. Remove that anger out of my life and replace it with joy. You know how some of us were naturally angry? Well, can we just be naturally joyful? You know what, that's going to get somebody saved at your workplace, right? You're like, 
glory to God. You're like, what the heck is wrong with this person? Isn't today a beautiful day? You're like, wow, what happened? Did you kill yourself and come back? You know what I mean? Like, what happened? Why are you so joyful? Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 18, verse 20, John chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. It says, ask in my name according to my will, and he most certainly will give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. You know, you set the tone in your home. Did you have an angry home or you have a home of joy? Because there's a overflow. There's a overflow. That, the next one I wrote down was anxiety. Sometimes we're just full of anxiety and worry. Can we begin to ask God, even during these next 10 days or for 2020, God, will you remove my anxiety and give me supernatural peace? Remove my anxiety and give me peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that, although I'm in the midst of the storm, I know my God is with me. The Bible says in John chapter 14, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, but I give a different kind of peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can we live 2020 free from anxiety, free from worry, free from fear? I know it's easier said than done. I have a series last year I bought called Asking for a Friend. But can we just this year say, I'm going to live in the overflow of God's peace. The moment worry comes in my life, God, I cling to you. The moment fear comes in my life, God, I cling to you. The next one I wrote down is fear. That you know what? Some of us, so many of us, we live in such paralyzing fear that we never get full. We live such a paralyzing fear that it stops the overflow. So God, will you replace fear with faith? God, I need some faith. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's a peaceful mind. Now hear me out. It says God's not given us a spirit of fear. That spirit does not belong to God. Church, that is not your spiritual gift. Our spiritual gift is to have love, joy, fruits of the Spirit. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. I love this. It says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. What does that mean? I died on the cross for you. You've been bought with a price. I love you. I called you by name. You are mine. How many know I have a son. I named him. We named him. I ransomed him. Come on, somebody. I'll let him go when he's 18. Thank you, Lord. But for now, he is mine. I call him by names. I'll make sure he He's well fed. I'll make sure he's protected. I'll make sure he's raised by the word of God. Same thing with our heavenly father. He has ransomed us. He has called us by name. He, we are his. Therefore, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I love the term, do it afraid. The moment fear comes in my heart, say, God, I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to ask for wisdom. I'm not going to be dumb about it. But I'm going to ask for God for faith. And the last one I wrote was despair. You know what despair means? Despair means a loss of all hope. A loss of all hope. See, hopelessness is a sign of emotional exhaustion. I'm exhausted. We call it burned out. I have no, no more joy, no more purpose, no vision for my life. And the problem is with despair. is we'll say, you know what, I'm so empty that this is not who I am. I'm empty. This is now my identity. 
the enemy will do whatever he can to warp your identity. To say, you'll never be this way. You are who you are. Nothing can get in. Nothing can get out. This is who you are. And God is saying, no, you're my masterpiece. I created you on purpose and for a purpose. That gives me great hope. That gives me great vision for my life. To say, God, use me anyway, anyhow, I'm an open vessel for you. So I believe with all my heart, we need to replace despair with hope, 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 hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. God, I need some hope in my life. Second Corinthians chapter 4 says we are pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Somebody needs to give God a shout today. I'm not driven to hopelessness. I'm not crushed. I'm not perplexed. I'm not abandoned by God. I might get knocked down, but I'm not destroyed. Because I have hope. I have hope. In verse 16 it says, this is why we never give up. This is why we never give up. But there's a process. Though our bodies are dying, our bodies are weak, our spirit's being renewed every single day. So don't look at the troubles that we, we can see now, but look beyond. That's vision for our life. You know what despair will do? Despair will literally say, God, this is all I see. This is all I see. I see my troubles, my issues. But the problem is when you start leaving a legacy, you get to see the whole world. And you say, man, <laughs> I got 99 problems, but Jesus ain't one of them, all right? Jesus is giving me hope for my future, hope for my path, healing for my path so I can enjoy tomorrow. See, when you have hope, you can't help but live life to the fullest. Now, what I've done this morning is I took you to Bible camp, all right? We had scripture after scripture after scripture. But Psalms 119, verse 11, it says, Your word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I might not sin against you. What does that mean? How do I store God's word in my heart? How do I treasure it in my heart? Because every day, some of us, we don't go to work with our Bible. Maybe we do on our phone. Come on, somebody, if you have the iPhone. But we, we don't go to work with our Bibles. Maybe we don't go to school with our Bible. I remember in high school, I had the big Bible. I was like, I'm, I, I love, I'm a C-H. I'm a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Sorry. And so I would have big Bible stuff. Like, sometimes we don't have our word with us. So how do I hide and store God's word in my heart so I may not sin against state? By memorization, by getting in God's word daily. So here's my challenge for you today is will you get your phones out, go to the app store or Google Play store, and will you be able, see it was just hard to say that, you know. And so, and I want you to download the Uversion app. So go ahead and put this up. And, and so I did a Uversion app. I did a Bible plan with some pastors this last year. I'm doing one now with some of the team and my wife. And so this is the one I'm doing with my wife and some of the team. Bible in one year, 2020, with Nikki Gimble. And what I really like about this one is, is it spreads it out for me. All right. I literally, last year I did Genesis all the way to Revelation with the Psalm of Proverbs a day. This one is a little bit different. It's got Psalms 1, Matthew 1, Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 2. And then there's a devotional. Now, what I really like about this is the devotional shares about everything that you're going to read, or if you read the scriptures first, then do the devotional, then you're able to say, now that makes sense. You're going to church every single morning by having a devotional. So that's my challenge, is to join a Bible reading plan, to hide God's word in your heart every single day. Because every single day, I'm pouring a little bit more. I'm pouring a little bit more. 
This might happen on Monday, but Tuesday, I'm filling back up. I'm filling back up. So join a Bible reading plan. All throughout God's Bible, he begins to share the power of God's Word. If we're going to get ready for the overflow, I believe in January, we're going to get filled. Overflow is happening in February, in March, in April. Easter is going to be phenomenal. But it's all because we hit God's word in our heart. I love what Jesus says in Mark chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. I'll be reading on the New King James Version. But this is a scenario where this little boy had just a demon possession in him. But fall down and shake, and his dad brought him to the disciples. He said, will you lay hands on my son? Will you cast this demon out? The disciples were like, you got this, man. We've been hanging out with Jesus. So they said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And it didn't happen. So they're like, oh, no, Jesus, right? That's like us every single day, right? I can do it, right? Oh, no, Jesus. Jesus comes out and said, come out. The boy's completely healed. The father is just overjoyed. I love this. When they come into the house, you know this is a good disciple, right? Go to your mentor privately. Hey, yeah, that's what happened. Get in the house. What did we do wrong? What happened? And this is what they said. He said, why couldn't we cast it out? So Jesus said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. So church, I'm calling our church to a 10-day fast starting tomorrow. We've been talking about it for about two weeks now. But starting tomorrow, just 10 days. Normally we would do 21. People have done 40. But we're going to do just 10 days. Some people do what's called a Daniel fast. Some people, Daniel fast is no meat, sweets, or treats. Basically nothing good at all. That's a Daniel fast. Some people do what's called a Wesleyan fast, sun up, sun down. I will not eat when the sun is up. But when it comes down, game time. Come on, somebody. But here's what I want you to picture. I said this last week. I want you to picture something. Picture a scenario, maybe you're stressed out, tough day at work, I'm exhausted, or maybe you heard some bad news. What's the first thing you reach for? Do you reach for food, comfort food? Do you reach for your phone, social media? Do you reach for that escape of Netflix? Where do you reach for? What do you grab a hold of? I want to encourage you, will you fast that for 10 days? Just 10 days. Because you're saying, you know what, God? That used to bring me comfort. But I'm going to remove that for 10 days. It's not exactly sin. But it's something that you say, you know what? It's a form of idolatry. Idolatry is anything you love more than God. And you say, God, I'm going to give that up for 10 days. Because you're my comforter. You're the one who helps me. And so for 10 days, will you fast with my wife and I? Will you fast with our A-team? Will you fast with us as a church? And here's what fasting does. Number one, fasting will cultivate intimacy. Fasting cultivates intimacy. See, our vision here at Avenue Church, we want you to know God so you can find freedom, so you can discover purpose, so you can make a difference. But it all starts with knowing God, and that's what we call intimacy. Because when we begin to know God, then and only then will we begin to find freedom. You know, I love what T.D. Jake said about intimacy. He said, intimacy really is into me see. Into me see. When we, when, we're intimate, it, when we become intimate with the Father, God begins to reveal our heart. So fasting really, really number one, begins to reveal. Fasting begins to reveal. God, show me. Number two, fasting removes obstacles and distractions. 
So God, I want to be intimate with you. I want to get into your word. I want to pray. I want to serve. I want to make a difference. I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to do all those different things. Early will I rise before thee. I want to know the King of kings, the Lord of lords. As we begin to know him, God begins to then remove and reveal obstacles and distractions. What areas of my life that are just soaking it all up, distracting me? What obstacles in my life that are keeping me from the things of God? There are things in our life that are keeping us from getting full into the overflow. So fasting removes the noise so we can hear from God. How many know, I may be hard of hearing, but we live in a noisy world. Come on, somebody. A busy world. I always tell people, Let's, can we go scriptural before digital every single morning? But man, fasting just cuts out the noise, begins to silence our, 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 our decision-making, our, 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 our everything. But I used to tell people, every, every major decision my wife and I made has come birthed out of fasting. Because fasting sharpens us. Fasting helps me to see clearly. Fasting gives me vision. Fasting helps me to know the heart of God. Fasting is not making God do what I want. But fasting says, God, what is your heart? God, what's your plans for my life? But listen to me. When fasting, it reveals and then it removes. I believe with all my heart. We have to be empty, right? We have to remove. We have to be empty so we become full. We have to be empty in order to become full. I love John 10.10. It says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy or to distract. Wasn't that a good series last year? So I came so that may have they may, they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Amplified Version says, life to the full. Life till it overflows. So God, I give you my life. I give you my distractions. I give you my obstacles because I want to live in the overflow. The overflow of God's blessings. But many of us, we haven't been enjoying life because the enemy has placed distractions and obstacles in our path. Remember, he doesn't need to make you sin. He just needs to make you busy. If he just keeps us busy. Here's the last one. Fasting helps us to be spiritually full when we become physically empty. I become, I'm more spiritually full when I'm physically empty. It doesn't mean I'm starving myself and I'm hurting myself. It just means, you know what, I'm abstaining. From the simple pleasures of life to say, God, I give you the first 10 days it's like I'm, I feel like I'm tithing my 2020. God, I'm getting ready for the overflow. Because fasting tells us, tells our flesh who's really in charge. See, the Bible says the spirit is willing. Come on, somebody, let's change the world, right? Let's pray 24-7. But your flesh is weak. And sometimes our flesh is not really weak. It's stronger than our spirit. I can prove it to you, right? If you say on Sunday morning, you wake up this morning and your flesh is like, let's just stay in bed. Come on, somebody. Let's, have a, let's just have a day of rest. And your spirit is saying, I need to get with community. I need to get with others. I can even prove it right now that when we say, you know what? Let's do a social media fast. Let's do no food. Let's do whatever it is for 10 days. Right now, your flesh is going, uh-uh, we don't got to do that, right? We're, we're busy. Pastor Jeremy said, do a 10-day fast. I'm good. I got stuff. We got company coming this week. I want to offend nobody. Because our spirit is willing. But our flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. But church, I believe fasting helps me to identify that my comfort has been in the wrong things. I can find temporary joy in the little things. 
but it's not going to be permanent joy. It's not going to be joy that fills me. There's stuff I can get, stuff I can do, but it's only going to wash away. But you know what? I need joy. I need hope. I need God to fill me. And so church, in this year, in 2020, let's not, and I'm not talking as a church, but as individuals, let's not stumble through another year. Let's not just say 2020 is the year of my emotions. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do what I want, do what it feels like. Let's say, God, this year I'm going to give you 10 days so I can focus, so I can hear from heaven, so that, God, I know where to go this year. I know what you want to do in my life this year. I want to encourage you, church, will you fast with me? I believe this year we're going to live so full that we live in the overflow. You see, overflow is where miracles grow. But overflow is very uncomfortable. We say, God, get out the wrong and put in the right. I want to live in the overflow. So will you join me? It's just 10 days. Normally we do 21, but it's just I felt like 10 for some reason. So text, if you want to join us, we're going to be sending out resources. And so text FAST to 727-8280. 727-8280. I know for, if you have health reasons, stuff like that, then don't fast food, but fast something else. Fast something else. Social media, television, whatever it is, movies, I don't know, cussing, try something, okay? But fast something for 10 days. But every day we're going to be sending you a video devotional. But I want you to know, it's, it's extremely hard to fast by yourself. It's so difficult, all right? You're like, I'm fasting. People are like, who cares? You're like, no, nah, I care. But it's fun to do it with another person. Through the Bible app, through the text message thing, we're going to be sending out video devotionals, my wife and I. But will you fast with us for 10 days? See, it was during the fast that we, that we, we, we felt impressed by God to start a life-giving church. It was during a fast that we felt like the name of the church should be called Avenue Church. It was during the fast that we said, you know what? It's going to be Southwest Vegas is where it's going to start. And so we sold our home after a fast. People are like, you crazy. I said, yes, we are. But how many know it ain't crazy until it happens? And so we sold our house. People are like, where are you moving to? I don't know, over there. We have no idea. Some weird road called Blue Diamond, you know, way over there. And what is that? It's because God directed us. God began to guard our hearts. God began to fill us to the overflow. So, man, can we fast together as a church? I believe God gave our church the word overflow because we're turning three, three years old. We're just getting started. The best is still yet to come. But I believe with all my heart that we've been on a journey as a church. And God is saying, get ready. Get ready for the overflow. Get ready to see what God does in this church, but in your life. Because here's what I want you to see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, but you are chosen by God. Every single person in this room, you are chosen by God, chosen to the high calling. I'm not the only minister in this room. You know that, right? Every single one of us, we're ministers. And it says we're chosen to be holy people. We're God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made from you. He took me from nothing to something, from rejected to accept it. You know what that is? That's the overflow. That's the overflow. 
And when you go to your workplace, people said, man, you used to be this way. Now you're over here. Night and day difference. What am I doing? I'm living in the overflow. And people in your life are going to be able to see it. Because when you have overflow, you can already tell I poured in this cup. On the sides of this overflow, you can see the residue. You can see that I've become so full that I'm overflowing. Because we say, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to worship. I'm going to go after Jesus. I'm going to be so full that I begin to overflow. Now, how many know your pastor, he brought back up. Come on, somebody, because my God is more than enough. Okay. And so as you begin to have overflow, what happens is you have residue. You have things that come over. And so what happens is when you walk into your workplace, people will go, something's different about you. Why you have joy? I know what you've been through. Why are you happy? I know what your 2019 was looked like, but why you have hope? Why didn't you quit? Why didn't you give up? And you say, overflow. Overflow. I was in Walmart. Come on. You ready for the shout? Okay. I was in Walmart, and sometimes God sends you to the enemy's camp. Okay, don't judge me. I was at Walmart. Had to get a few things. I was at the checkout aisle. And on my way to Walmart, I was playing a song in my truck. Uh, I, I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. It's okay. You're safe. All right. It's okay. Someday God's going to heal me. I'm going to get voice lessons. I'm going to be that guy, right? Let's just worship. Hallelujah. Yeah, okay. And so I had that song in my spirit. What was it? I was full. And I was overflowing in my truck. Come on, somebody. That GMC is saved and sanctified. But when I went to that Walmart, I was checking out, and I was just singing it quietly. And I had my wife there. I was by myself. Normally she's like, Calm, you're loud. You know what I mean? And that people don't whisper. Okay? And so I'm kind of singing the song quietly. I'm checking out. In the presence of my enemies, I'm singing it. It's early, not busy, you know. So I put my stuff in the bag, and I come up, and the lady is supposed to check your receipt. She goes, you have a little concert over there, huh? I went, me, you know? I was like, oh, yeah. And she goes, bless you. Bless you. That's not because I'm awesome or amazing. It's just overflow. It's just the residue. I believe so many of us in this room, you're saying, God, I need to be so full of you that I begin to live in the overflow. And that overflow is going to be able to reach my kid. The overflow is going to reach my spouse. The overflow is going to reach my workplace. It's going to reach my house. As for me and my house, we will live in the overflow. As for me and my relationship, we will live in the overflow. I'm here to tell you, here's what I love. So many times we can work so hard to say, God, I need to get filled. God, I'm so empty. But here's what the next verse says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. It says, God is able to make all grace overflow. Yes. And for so many of us, we're in this room, and we're saying, I am so empty, Pastor. You know how long it'll take me to get full? You know how hard it'll take for me to just even fill up to a little bit? I'm here to say, God's grace is more than enough. This is God is able to make all grace overflow to you. So that because you have enough of everything. And for some of you, you feel like you're just kind of 
sprinkles, you know, like God's just spraying a little spray bottle at you. And you're saying, God, I want so much more. And God said, I'm going to give you enough of everything in every way at all times. You will overflow. You will overflow in every good work. In this moment, you say, God, I'm going to give you my entire heart. God, I want to pray a prayer. God, I want to worship. God, I want you to fill me. God says, you got it. This can happen today. When you walk in so empty and God says, no, you're going to be overflowing with my grace, with my mercy. I have more than enough. I don't care where you've been. I care about you now. God has placed an identity on you. He's going to do it through you. And so church, will you stand with me, please? Man, I would love to pray with you. But I'm going to ask our worship team to come on out. And I want us to just take a few minutes to just worship God. We're going crazy this morning. But how many know this is the year of overflows at church? This is the year of miracles in our church. This is the year that God begins to do a wondrous work in our life. And so if you're here today and you say, God, I need to be filled this morning. God, I want to live in the overflow. We close your eyes. Just raise your hands like you're an open vessel, an empty vessel. And say, God, will you fill me? Go ahead, worship team. God, will you fill me? Fill me to the overflow. Fill my heart, God. God, what needs to be revealed? What needs to be removed? What needs to be refilled? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just take a few minutes.
feel like you have no purpose, no hope, no joy, man, I would love to have the honor of just praying a prayer with you. Am I going to embarrass you? Am I going to single you out? Man, let's take a first step with opening up our vessel, opening up our heart to say, Jesus, I want you to live inside of me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, like I said, I won't embarrass you. But I would love to pray a prayer with you. In fact, our entire church will pray it with you. But if that is you today and you say, Pastor, I want to give Jesus my life. I want to give him my heart. I want to be a Christian. And if that's you today, I would love to pray that prayer with you. Just put a hand up, put it right back down. Say, Pastor, that's me. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. Up, right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Up, yes. That's every, every, every yes is a hand. Every hand is a name. And every name is a new story of a night and day difference from nothing to something. Come on, church. That's amazing. So let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I need you. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say be Lord of my life. Say with number one. Say with all my heart. The best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say I now know who I am. I'm living in the overflow. Because I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.